connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay. What is AOC? What is community media? Maybe these are small questions, but they have big answers. So big, in fact, that we had to make a whole podcast about just that. The short answer is in our mission statement. Building an informed and engaged community through media, technology, and education. AUC member Reese Thero developed an entrepreneurial spirit early in life. Learn more about his first job and his determination to be a successful salesman in this week's podcast edition of Community Quotes. Thank you for joining us today. If you can, say and spell your first and last name for us. Reese Terrio, R-E-E-C-E-T-H-E-R-I-O-T. Great, Reese. And where are you from? I'm from uh, the big, big old city, St. Martinville, Louisiana. <laughs> um, technically, I, I was, I kind of grew up, my childhood was in Catahoula, mm-hmm. um, which is about 15 minutes outside of St. Martinville. And then um, went to Trinity Catholic Elementary in St. Martinville and... Um, then moved over to Catholic High in New Iberia, where, where I finished the rest of my younger years. But St. Martinville was a, was a cool place. You know, a lot of, I guess anybody can say this, but there was a lot of young kids mm-hmm. that I grew very close to in St. Martinville. Okay. Did you have any siblings? I did. I had did? a younger sister. Her name's Ari. Okay. She's three years younger than me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So growing up in St. Martinville, I was surrounded by a lot of good friends and, mm-hmm. um, Interestingly enough, a lot of us went separate ways in high school, but we've stayed very close over the years, and um, a lot of us have been in each other's weddings, and uh, we we reconnected in college, and so I would say, I'd definitely say that I put my roots down in St. Martinville. Let's go back to your childhood for a minute. Um, What did, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? My parents would probably say that I wanted to be a performer, like oh. an actor, an actor. or okay. um, I wanted to be a magician or something crazy like that, you okay. know? But I think personally, I always wanted to be some sort of uh, spokesperson for mm-hmm. our company or okay. be in front of a camera and, mm-hmm. you know, be the press secretary for or the face of an organization or something like that. And okay. then growing up, I was pretty entrepreneurial right. and was, you know, the, the typical thing, cut people's grass, wash people's cars. But interestingly, I would, uh, we had one of the only Japanese plum trees in the whole neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So every day I would pick like some Ziploc bags of Japanese plums and then sell them <laughs> throughout the neighborhood. And uh, if you didn't want plums, because I was going every day and your freezer was stocked full of plums. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want plums, then I would do a magic trick. Oh. And so the plums were four bucks. And the magic trick was four bucks. So I was winning either nice. way. Nice. You know? Nice. That's so, good. Uh, That's good. Yeah, I guess I always kind of had, and I was always like very inventive. Mm-hmm. So I guess my parents would have thought I would be maybe an engineer too or something. But ended up uh, kind of taking the more business route. Did you have any hobbies as a child or a teenager? Yeah, I guess kind of the standard American hobbies, playing sports. Okay. But I, I liked to draw a lot. 
Okay. I drew a lot as a kid, mm -hmm. um, and I, I've kind of stopped doing that as much, but art was something very special to me. Great. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your first job, and what lessons did that teach you in life? Well, my first real job, technically, was I was a barista and waitress waiter <laughs> at, um, at a cafe in St. Martinville. Okay. The cafe was called La Petite Patty Cafe. Mm -hmm. And we did like French toast, we did beignets, and then we would turn into like a little burger joint um, in the afternoon. Served a lot of coffee, uh, served a lot of French mm -hmm. toast. and uh, So I guess being a waiter taught me a lot about how to be patient with people and to serve people and that life is all about serving others mm -hmm. and you serve yourself by serving others. And I, I think that that's kind of being what a waiter, that's what being a waiter taught me. Gotcha. Um, but I guess my fir first informal job was like I was saying all the entrepreneurial stuff, but um, my parents were really craft oriented. So they always had me and my sister making crafts and selling them at farmer's markets. Oh, okay. And back then, um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a, a farmer's market in St. Martinville. They don't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, we would sell our crafts there. So my sister would make these little trinkets and I'd make these little magnets for your refrigerator and we'd sell those and nobody would come to the booth. <laughs> so I, I figured out a way, I was like, okay, well, I, I gotta get people attracted to the booth, yeah. you know, come and check us out. So I learned how to juggle and I would juggle in front of the booth. Nice. And then that kind of, you know, rode the wave and that died down. So I started riding a unicycle around the booth. Okay. And I ended up making more money in tips for <laughs> juggling than I would selling, selling crafts. crafts. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of taught me and got me on fire for per, for performing mm -hmm. in front of other people and and how everything's kind of about making it a show and making it a, an experience, mm -hmm. so, so to speak. So um, I was I remember being like 12 years old in the same in the test news, uh, 12 year old juggles. So I'm juggling nice. in the front. It was pretty nice. funny. And then I got hired to uh, actually juggle bowling pins okay. or juggling pins. I would juggle pins at um, the Bonaparte Ball and stuff here in Lafayette. Oh, so that was kind of like my first um, real professional gig. Oh, wow. Yeah. Juggling pins. Juggling <laughs> pins for Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Like fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me about your career path right now and what you're doing. Yeah, so right now um, I'm kind of in a career shift. Uh, for the last three years, I've been teaching at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Mm -hmm. And at UL, I teach in the business college. I teach sales and entrepreneurship courses in the uh, marketing and management departments. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I really love that job. I mean, I love working with the students. I love teaching them things that are very practical in nature and things that they'll use in any career path that they take. Mm -hmm. But I, I, Right now, I'm kind of shifting out of the university, and I'll, I'll still be teaching a class there, but I'm going to be starting a uh, marketing and sales agency here in Lafayette. Um, I'm also the director of the Accelerate South program, okay. which is a healthcare business accelerator program yes. through the university. Um, it's backed by an EDA grant, mm -hmm. and we, we, uh, we help innovative and startup healthcare companies grow and develop and expand. Yes. And what I did before the university, for three years I sold medical equipment. Okay. And then prior to that, 
I was um, in college graduating with a degree in public relations and then got my MBA from UL too. Great. But I've kind of been starting companies ever since. Wonderful. Yeah. Now, on a personal note, I know that you're married. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me how you first met your wife and then how you proposed. Okay. So, both very interesting stories. Okay. Um, in high school, when I was a senior, I was dating a sophomore. And she dumped me my senior year, yeah. and I was really down. Um, and I remember telling my dad, like, man, you know, and I'm a senior in high school, right? So yeah. I remember telling him, man, there's just no good girls left. And, you know, it's slim pickings. Yeah. I'm 18. So my right. dad's like, Reese, look, you can find him anywhere. Just be patient. And uh, he had a newspaper in front of him. And the newspaper, he actually flipped it over and he said, look right here, valedictorian list at Nish Senior High. Mm -hmm. This girl right here, Megan Hinneman. Look how pretty she is, and she's smart. Uh -huh. So I looked at the picture, and I'm like, man, she really is pretty. So I'm, it's kind of like playing in the back of my head. And so I go on my senior trip, not even with a group from high school. Um, all my high school buddies went to Cancun. My parents weren't too keen on that, so I went on a cruise. And on the cruise ship, there's a girl, Megan Henneman, right? And I'm thinking, that's the girl my dad pointed to in the newspaper. So I walk up to her and I introduce myself and she, her little brother was with her and her family on the trip. And um, I, so I met her little brother, Dylan, and we kind of talked back and forth. Well, fast forward like two months, I run into her at nighttown, downtown. You know, that was the place to be. Okay. And so I, I, I see her again and I introduce myself. She doesn't remember me, but we kind of hit it off. And she was going through a breakup at the time and I was kind of going through a breakup. So we just kind of became friends and mm -hmm. um, we dated for two years. We broke up for two years and then we rekindled okay. and then dated for another two years and ended up getting married. But how I proposed to her, so Megan is a nurse at Lafayette General and she works in the labor and delivery department. She delivers all the little babies. And uh, she was working nights at the time. So what I did, and she loves surprises, so I knew that when I, when I proposed, it had to be something special. Yeah. Okay. And she kind of knew it was coming because we were working out the ring and mm -hmm. everything. Uh, but, but anyway, so what I did was I found a friend of mine who was pregnant and very obviously pregnant, and her name was uh, Corey. And I talked to Corey, and I said, hey, Corey, can I borrow you to be a patient in the hospital? Oh, wow. So I got in a full disguise. I put on an artificial nose and makeup. And I mean, Hollywood, like, had the goatee and the, the big thick rim glasses and a hat, clothes I would never wear. And Corey kind of dressed to match me, and we looked like a couple. And we walked in, and the whole nursing staff knew who we were. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't officially checked into Lafayette right. General. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> and uh, so they put us in a room, in a vacant room, and they told Megan, hey, Megan, there's a patient in room 13. You need to go check on her. So she went, you need to go uh, get her prepped, right? So she goes in, and I'm right there in the room. She does not recognize me at all. Oh, God. And someone's videoing it. I don't remember who. So I'm watching Megan, like, walk around and, like, kind of look at the patient, putting monitors on her and everything. And I'm, I, I'll never forget how nervous I was that sure. she would 
either know who I was mm -hmm. or bust the whole operation. Right. I was just nervous about the proposal. Right. And so she picks up Corey's shirt to mm -hmm. put the, the lead on her belly. Right. And on her belly it says, will you marry me? Oh, wow. Okay. So when she reads it, she's not registering that it's for her to see. She's thinking that the guy is proposing to the mama. <laughs> But then she's thinking, well, why yeah, would it be written on her stomach? because she doesn't know who this stomach? guy is. Right? right. Why would it be written on her stomach? You know? So I remember her, like, looking up and just being like, and everybody's kind of freaking out. And so I just took off the hat and said, Megan, it's me. And I took off my glasses, and I got down, and I proposed. Oh, nice. And she freaked out. I bet. Yeah. It was a really cool Yeah. Because experience. you didn't look like you. No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I could show you pictures you would have never in a million years thought it was me. And you said this was, this was videoed, and it was actually video. it went viral. Yeah, it kind of went viral. I mean, we had like 4,000 views, yeah. and uh, people still talk about it today. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. She said yes, and you guys got married. She, she said yes, and we got married a year later. Wonderful. So mm -hmm. how long have you been married now? We've been married for two years now. And you're still keeping those surprises going, oh, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> every, every other day, you know, I got something new I got to tell her. <laughs> well, I know that you're still still young, but in general, what would you say is your proudest achievement? Hmm. Probably picking a good woman to marry. Mm -hmm. That's a good achievement of mine. Yeah. Another good achievement, my proudest achievement, that's tough. I would say the impact I've made on some of my students' lives. Mm -hmm. You know, they they tell you that you know, after the fact, they tell you about how much your class meant to them or how much your mentorship meant to them. And, um, you know, I've won some awards and stuff like that, but it, it can never compare to someone telling you, hey, you really had an impact on my life. You know, you really changed the course of my life. To me, you know, the students do the hard work in changing their own life, but if I played a little part in that, I'm pretty proud mm -hmm. to say that okay. I had an impact on them. Well, who's had an impact on your life? Probably the person that's had the biggest impact on me would be my dad. Mm -hmm. Me and my dad have a really good relationship. He's kind of like my best friend and um, an older version of myself, and I'm a younger version of him, you know. So uh, another person would be a friend of mine, Dr. Jeff Stewart, who's a he was my department head when I got hired on at UL, mm -hmm. and we've become very close. and. He's mentored me and helping me develop my craft as a marketer and a salesperson. Um, there's so many people throughout Lafayette that I've become very close to and who've mm -hmm. made an impact on me. Another one would be uh, Dr. Leo Landry. He's a retired anesthesiologist in town. He and I have gotten really close and he's helped me through some of my, my life's biggest challenges and highest highs and lowest mm -hmm. lows. My mom, you know, was a big, has made a big impact on me. Megan has made a big, big impact on me. Um, yeah, this community is full of great, great people. It is. It really is. Mm -hmm. I like to say that uh, Lafayette's one of the only places that's big enough to where it feels big, but small enough to where it feels small. And you've heard of the principle of uh, six degrees of separation, yeah. how everybody's six people away. I think in Lafayette, everybody's two, it's two <laughs> degrees, you know? Love, if they don't know somebody, fun. the person they know knows them. So I agree with that. You can connect with everybody. It's yes. pretty special. 
Let's change uh, gears a little bit and let's talk about AOC. I know that mm -hmm. you recently joined AOC. I did. Uh, what was your first impression of AOC and, and what uh, were you uh, trying to accomplish by becoming a member? Hmm. I would say my first impression of AOC was the professionalism mm -hmm. of the whole organization. You know, some friends of mine who have had some big impacts on me said, man, we need to go check out AOC and see um, what kind of podcast we can start or maybe do some videos or something like that. And I was really interested because I love to create content mm -hmm. and, um, and all that stuff. So we came down here and I, my expectations were not very high. Um, I hadn't looked at the website. I hadn't really done any research. And when I walked into the main room, I was like, man, this is like a real studio. <laughs> you know, they have really nice equipment. The staff is very knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. um, the whole atmosphere feels like you're in a multimedia recording suite. Right. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. And so I guess my first impression was, man, it's a pr pretty professional place. This is the real deal. Yeah. And uh, my second impression was there's almost so much you can do here that you don't even know where to start. Right. You know, and that, it and can that's, be overwhelming. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been thinking through is mm -hmm. where do I really want to start mm -hmm. allocating my time and, and energy into AOC projects. Great. And our projects that I'm doing through AOC. Yeah. I'm still kind of thinking what's going to be the best avenue. Well, let's have a little bit of fun, ask you some fun questions okay. now. What is your favorite decade and why? And that could be relating to movies, yeah. music, fashion, mm -hmm. anything. Well, I was kind of raised on the 80s, mm -hmm. on 80s music. Like so who I, are some of your favorite bands? Guns N' Roses would probably oh, be yeah. my favorite band from that era. Uh -huh. um, but I'd have to say the early 2000s, okay. you know, 2000 and 2010, I don't even know what to call that decade. Uh, right. <laughs> the 10s, <laughs> I guess. The, the 10s was a really cool decade for me. I mean, that was my, f my most formative years going through high school. I graduated in 2008. So a lot of the music that makes me want to get mm -hmm. up and dance is from that era. All the good movies that had a big impact on my life are from that mm -hmm. kind of decade. My greatest friends are from that decade. So um, I guess that would be the big decade for me. Okay. Do you have any tattoos? No. You no ever tattoos. plan on getting any? I don't think so. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you won the lottery, what would you do with the money? If I won the lottery, hmm. I'd probably, I mean, it's kind of the conservative answer or the boring answer. I'd, <laughs> I'd probably invest most of it to where the money, I could kind of live off the interest and do mm -hmm. some good things with the interest and blow the interest, not blow the sure. the big pot of money that I just won. Uh -huh. That's probably what I'd do. But with the with the money that I would be making off the interest, you know, net the living expenses and all that, I'd probably... I'd probably really help my family get set up and secure. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would really focus on community projects in Lafayette and um, stuff like that. I mean, 
I know that, you that's the truthful answer. I know you mentioned that you were part of Accelerate South a little earlier. Mm -hmm. Are there any other nonprofits out there that you uh, would want to be a, you know, a part of or aspire to be? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm on the board of the Oil Center Association. Okay. Um, so revitalizing that area mm -hmm. of town I think is important because um, it's one of the older areas in town that's really been pivotable pivotal to the development of business in Lafayette. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have an affinity for, the, for the, that association. Big Brothers, Big Sisters is an association I really like to get involved with. Mm -hmm. uh, the, um, I forget what it's called, Acadiana Catholic or Catholic Relief Services of Acadiana mm -hmm. is a nonprofit that I'm, I'm a big supporter of. Um, Wisdom Church, I think, does a lot for the students on campus mm -hmm. in help, helping guide them through the tough times of college. Um, Boys and Girls Club is another good one. Yeah. Anything to do with kids, I'm kind of a softie for. Sure. Yeah. The future. Yeah. If you could spend someone uh, one day in someone else's shoes, who would it be and why? Dead or alive? It could be either. I think if I could have been Ben Franklin for one day, <laughs> that would be very cool. Yeah. I'd like to know how that guy thought. Sure. Like, what was he thinking about? You know, he did a lot for the development of um, kind of the new world, you know, in America and stuff. Yeah. So Ben Franklin, would, and he'd, like to, he'd be someone I'd like to meet as mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. sit down and well, talk Well, that leads to. me into my next yeah. question, which would be if you could have dinner with four or five people, living or deceased, mm -hmm famous or not, not famous. famous, who would it be? Hmm, five people, that's a lot, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Gives me some area to work on. <laughs> uh, I would probably say, I gotta say Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, not that I have to, but I want to, you know, I'd be probably my first pick. What would you ask him? I would probably ask him straight up, what does he want me to do while I'm here? That'd be my first question. Mm -hmm. And then the second question would be, um, I'd probably ask him for a path, you know, for humanity. Like, what's the path forward? I mean, everybody's talking about it. Mm -hmm. No one has the answer. If I could ask him any question, that would be it. You know, what's the path forward for us and how do I help to get, to, to get humanity on that path? Um, I think I would, again, meet with Ben Franklin I might break five here, but Thomas Edison would be another one that I'd like to sit down and talk to. Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother, who passed away two years ago, would be someone I'd like to reconnect with. Sure. Um, let's see. Hmm. Jordan Peterson is a guy that I think is really okay. interesting nowadays yeah. that I'd like to sit down and pick his brain on, on a few things. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk is a big business guy that yeah. a lot of people are talking about and he's really bold and takes a lot of risks and mm -hmm. I'd like to talk to him about his vision for the future of, of um, the energy industry and stuff like that. Um, okay. Yeah, that's who that's I a, That's a good group. Well. You mentioned with the last person, you know, about the future. What do you think is in store for your future? Hmm. I think for my future to really feel like it's my future, I need to start 
not, not only start because I've started some companies, but I need to go in full time and, and build an enterprise. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just something that I was kind of born with this notion that I need to do that. I love to lead people mm -hmm. and watch people develop and grow. And I think that the best way I can do that is rallying up a team of employees, leading them, cultivating them, and kind of leading them towards accomplishing a big mission. Mm -hmm. And um, the best avenue, I think, for that is through a company, an enterprise. When you take a big leap like that, do you have any fear of failure? Yeah, oh, yeah. But, I mean, my fear is kind of cushioned be because I've failed a lot in my past. And mm -hmm. um, I've never truly had a thriving enterprise, and I've started four or five of them. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and I, I don't just mean kind of started and thought about it. I mean, I fully fully went after it tenaciously and wholeheartedly and uh, fell on my butt. So yeah. failure is kind of just part of the whole game. I have a background in sales and in sales you fail most of the time. Yeah. You know, you live for the wins and you learn from the, the losses. And uh, it's kind of just how I approach life. Mm -hmm. um, some of my biggest, getting back to you kind of bringing up some of my accomplishments. Mm -hmm. um, my senior year in high school was kind of a pivotal, pivotal moment for me. Um, I won the Friendship Award in my class, and the, the, the award was founded by, kind of through a guy, Troy Meir had committed suicide at Catholic High a long time ago, mm -hmm. and he was a really good friend to all the seniors, so they um, created this award in his honor, and it was given to one senior who had the best leadership qualities and um, was the, the most the friendliest towards people but also just some someone like the question on the survey was who would be the the friend mm -hmm. you know the best friend of the whole senior class and I won that award and that was a big honor for me and that same year I, I was um, awarded the most improved in soccer and tennis and I also won captain of the team for tennis and soccer and it, it was kind of like the, the universe was kind of telling, God was telling me that I had this unique leadership capability, mm -hmm. and that was my skill, firing people up and motivating them and course, correct, course correcting a team. So that's what I love to do. It's something I'm uh, kind of good at, and, you know, everybody's attracted to what they're good at. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, um, why I see myself pursuing that. When, when you mentioned um, about you know, playing sports, which is definitely team-driven, and you have mm -hmm. to work as a group, even if someone is a weakling or someone's just that weak link in the, the group, um, who are some of your favorite you know, sports um, I guess, you know, athletes or someone that you've seen in that arena that's been a motivator for you? Yeah, I'm probably the worst person to ask that question. <laughs> like, I mean, my friends hate me because... <laughs> I don't keep up with sports. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of sport. A fan of sports. Okay. Um, so I, I, I can't. What about even... tennis? You, you mentioned that you play tennis. Do you uh, watch Wimbledon when it's on. No, no? I don't. It's a shame. <laughs> okay. It's a shame. It really is. Huh. It's like the furthest thing from my interest. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched the Super Bowl in the last two years. Really? To give you an idea of how oh, wow. uninterested I am. That's okay. That's okay. It's just kind of you know. I tell my wife all the time how lucky she is that. That I, I don't watch. And she the doesn't big game watch on sports Sunday. either. Oh, no. Well, you two are made 
<laughs> yeah, I know. We're a match made in heaven. <laughs> yes. I know. You're right. Um, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? 10 years from now in Lafayette, I see myself very engaged, even more engaged with the community. I see myself hopefully having, you know, a, a 10, 8, six-year-old, um, that would be ideal. Mm -hmm. I see myself a more, um, a more well-rounded individual. I see myself as a business owner and mm -hmm. um, I see myself as a community leader. Um, I see myself as someone who's philanthropic and giving back to Lafayette in a big way, hopefully, and someone that's, uh, if not leading change, at least in the groups of people that are discussing that and moving that forward. And um, I see myself as a better Christian and Catholic, and if I can do all those things, that'll be my greatest achievement, like you mentioned. Elise, that concludes our interview. That's it? Thank you so cool. much for being here. Thank you, Appreciate you. Mary. Appreciate it. Yes. The AOC Podcast is produced by AOC Community Media. Contributors include Mary Bodwin, Ed Bowie, Lillian Dejon, Annette Diaz, Joe Boosie Ferguson, Joseph Clisannon, William McFarland. Matt Roberts, Skip Shannon, Christy Tracy, Jasmine Tillery, Jacob White, and Shahid Williams. Music in today's episode, The Long Goodbye by John Pazdan. AOC Community Media is located at the Rosa Parks Transportation Center, 101 Jefferson Street, Suite 100, Lafayette, Louisiana, 70501. For more information, go to our website at aocinc.org. Call 337-232-232. 4434 or email info at aocinc.org. Until next time, stay informed and engaged.